0: Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm here with Tim. And we're looking forward to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox. So, we
1: are going to talk about Christmas. Now, there does seem to always be the debate that happens when you bring up Christmas too early. Like, everybody all of a sudden decides that around Christmas. Halloween or just before they say something like I'm listening to my Christmas music and everybody else on Facebook jumps on them because they think you shouldn't be listening to Christmas music until Thanksgiving's over or something like that. So I don't know why that's such a big deal. I think everybody just likes to egg it on or something. It's become more popular to like Christmas music earlier for some reason. But what about you guys, your family? When do you start listening to Christmas music in your house?
0: Well, yesterday, as of the time of this recording, uh, the temperature was 91 degrees. And so I prefer like maybe 80 degrees, somewhere <laughs> that
1: range before I start listening to Christmas. So you base it on weather. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, um, I don't really think about it much during the year unless somebody else says something or you see a poster, you see something and I think, oh man, I really like this guy's version of this song and whatever. And I start hearing that. I might even look it up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'm really, I don't really listen to it unless I'm, uh, reminded of it. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll start, um, a couple weeks before, a couple, maybe a month before, something like that. I think some of the drive to hit some Christmas music early is because to kind of fight off the whole Halloween thing. You know, Halloween, no. I just saw Halloween, see, it's, uh, it's August, it's September right now. But in August, I saw Halloween decorations out at a local hardware store and I was blown away. I didn't, okay, that's. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Halloween
1: has become the second most income driven holiday wow. next to Christmas wow cuz of candy and costumes so.
0: i just i just wanted to sing some christmas songs right then right there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i have a whole nother take on halloween but uh it's too long for this podcast but um well anyway i i think we listen to it for sure by the time we set up our tree which mm-hmm. is usually the weekend after thanksgiving mm-hmm. and we do that for a number of reasons i'm not exactly sure um just basically schedule in December. That's like the last free weekend before it kind of goes haywire. Cause mm-hmm. in church ministry, December is a holiday month, kind of. And uh, and it is for everybody, probably in a lot of ways. But anyway, we started, we, one of the few traditions I remember happening in our family was that we actually determined our first year of being married that we were going to start a tradition okay. of having homemade pizza when we set up the tree. Oh. And so every year since the very first Christmas that we were together, we, have made homemade pizza and set up the tree. Mm-hmm. And the oddity is we've actually played the same CD every oh, year too. Wow. And it's a vineyard worship CD. Wow. And it's uh and it's Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. And so in, in, in mixed in with a bunch of other stuff, uh, I don't know what we'll do this year. Cause we actually don't have a CD player anymore in the house. We used oh. to have one, but we'll have to figure out how to get that one out there. But we just sit and listen to uh, Christmas music while we do that. So that makes sense to me. And outside of that, I don't really turn on Christmas music much before Thanksgiving's mm-hmm. over. I'm mm-hmm. kinda like in the traditional camp. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And and I have no idea why the debate has gotten so wound up, but people talk about, you know, I got Christmas music on and they get all excited and it's just kind of strange. So
0: Yeah, some people get all excited and some people have other emotions. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone seems to have a friend who listens to Christmas music early or maybe all year. And we'd love to hear from you. Head over to the Worship Leader Toolbox group and let us know when you begin listening to Christmas music. Now, you can say five weeks from now, hey, I'm listening to Christmas music. Or you can just tell us right now, I've been listening to it for a month.
1: Oh, yeah. A little Christmas music check-in. That sounds pretty fun. That's what we should try to get going. There you go. But uh, all seriousness, there is something to Christmas planning. Because if you are serving in worship ministry you have to have your ducks in a row early. You can't just decide after Thanksgiving, hey, we're going to try this song and that song. It's, you know, the ship has sailed by then. You have to know what you're doing earlier. If you're going to do anything creative, unusual, new, um, you know, you can always pull out Hark the Herald Angels Sing and sing it. But if you're going to do something a little bit different, then you really have to uh, plan ahead. And so worship teams probably get tired of Christmas music before the season even arrives. But for this episode... We're actually not going to talk about the music side. I was just thinking it might be good to um, share some of these ideas that could just be fun to implement in your worship team because it is a Christmas season and people are maybe a little more receptive to some different and unique and, and some of these maybe creative things. And so I was just going to um, have us go through this list of some things we came up with that uh, might just spark your creativity to do something unique with your worship ministry team this Christmas season.
0: Ukuleles. (laughs) That would be a hit. I'm going to push for that. (laughs) I'll let you know. Uh, That sounds good, and the planning is key for these things. Christmas gets busy for worship leaders, and especially this year. Christmas is on a Monday, which means a really full Sunday and Christmas Eve. But
1: That's Uh, going to be weird. Yeah. Because you basically, if you do your normal Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. then
0: you got your Sunday
1: morning services yeah, and then you turn around and have your Christmas Eve services. Yep. So in our case here, that means two Sunday morning services and four Christmas Eve services Ooh. all in the same day, just like Ooh. all the way through. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of uh, logistics and planning.
0: Uh, well, and a lot of people go out of town for Christmas Eve, at least to go visit relatives, maybe Christmas day, but yeah. uh, kind of split things. Well, up. there's
1: definitely a lot of travel, but over the years we, it's for whatever reason, this community, uh, and you have to go with your community and your people. Mm-hmm. But over the years, um, that's been, you know, our, our usual church size is around five hundred people attending. Mm-hmm. But Christmas Eve is always a thousand. Oh. So it's just it's unreal. Mm-hmm. People just are really drawn to that. And that's one of the high points possibilities of you know, reaching people is mm-hmm. during Christmas because people are more receptive.
0: Well, with that many people in your auditorium, you you really do need to play ukulele sit, you know, smaller instruments and things. <laughs>
1: There's not enough room for guitars. We'll play this. No,
0: no. Well, here are some fun ideas for celebrating the season with your worship teams. Number one, solos.
1: Yeah, and I hope these ideas kind of jog people's minds. But um it, one of the things that that happens in worship modern worship ministry is there's a lot of people that lead songs, but there's not as often just the traditional solo. Like I don't see that hard. Yeah, it's like somebody yeah. comes out and plays a guitar with one person singing. Or somebody comes and just plays a piano with one person singing, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, if that's not a norm for your church, it might be a good time to invite somebody to come and do that. And and um, some people, for whatever reason, aren't comfortable, you know, uh, cranking out four or five songs for the weekend and practicing one time and then doing it at home on their own and then showing up and making it happen. They might have come from a background where you practice for four or five weeks as a choir and mm-hmm. then sing one song, like mm-hmm. it's the opposite. I've always thought that was funny. The choirs
0: work on one song for five weeks, and we work on five songs for one week. <laughs> well, that's how jazz music works. Uh Rock music, you play three chords for a 1,000 people, and jazz music, you play a 1,000 chords for three people. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: I've never heard that. That's really good. Well, anyway, I guess we've said enough about solos. You can kind of envision that. But especially if there's somebody you can include from your church, maybe somebody from Um, you know, that's not typically on the worship team that you just invite them. They've got a great voice, but they can't commit on a regular basis. And, and you can really have a power hitting moment to finish a message or something during Christmas season and just have, you know, the light on a person with a microphone and a piano Mm -hmm. and sing some meaningful Christmas song that really is, it's such a different texture than the typical that it really could be cool.
0: Yeah, especially if you have a young person that wants to do a solo. Ooh, yeah, that definitely. Is, that's powerful. Yep.
1: Young or, or old. I mean, like, there is the feeling of, uh, I mean, any extreme, because there is the feeling of, like, oh, Holy Night. Like, mm-hmm. everybody remembers kind of that song being sung by yeah. a certain voice. And if you can get that voice going, mm-hmm. then that's, that adds, like, some nostalgia to Christmas and, and just some interest in the, in the worship flow. Mm-hmm. Number two, open house. This is an idea that we did for years, where we had an open house actually at our home, and instead of just a Christmas party that you have to have all the plans of this game, that game, this food, that food, mm-hmm. we just literally had food out and invited people to come between six and you know ten or whatever the time slot was, mm-hmm. and um, and for whatever reason that kind of really took there. There's something about being in people's homes that really helps connect people. Like I've had conversations before with people where they've been at our house only maybe one time. But they will mention that I mean it's like they feel like they're they're part of our lives because they saw like another side of us or something, and so um because the worship team grew, it was a little more difficult to do that type of open house, so we've had to like change it to uh, more of a Christmas party open house at our at our actual church building, mm-hmm. and that works just as well. but um if you have the opportunity, that's a creative idea at Christmas is to invite over some people. And uh, pick a day early, and then a date early, and then um, have people there. And maybe um, you could break it down. Like if you have enough bandwidth in your life, if you don't have crazy schedule or a bunch of kids to drive here and there and do things for the whole Christmas season, you could have just the instrumentalist over for an open house, and mm-hmm. then the vocalist, and then the sound people. Or you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. But the idea of an open house has always been uh, pretty cool. I've always enjoyed it.
0: There was a thing when I was younger, and I don't remember what they called it, but there would be maybe five or ten people having open house type of things all in the same evening, and you would just go from one house to the other. Did you ever do one of those?
1: Well, that sounds cool, too. The one that I – the only thing I can think of when you say that is the progressive dinners.
0: That's what it's called.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. So like you'd go have dessert some house – or not, you wouldn't have dessert, but you'd end with dessert somewhere. But you'd have like an appetizer and then mm-hmm. a salad and then a main dish and then dessert different houses each time yeah so cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild but but that, but what you just said is cool too I mean it doesn't have to be the worship leader or the hired mm-hmm. person or the main person anybody can have an open house mm-hmm. like so maybe you could have like a couple different open houses for different people in your, in well, your that, organization
0: that brings in the the hospitality uh, gifting people that are mm-hmm. often overlooked in, yep. in ministry uh, that would absolutely they would they would really like that
1: that's true that'd
0: be awesome Number three, Christmas carol. I love this, uh, going to nursing homes or people's houses or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's basically exactly what it is. I, I know that's still a thing for churches. People like to set up Christmas caroling. It seems like that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it can lessen the music barrier. You could take a lot of people caroling and nobody really cares right. what it sounds like. <laughs> that's right. One person on the guitar or whatever. They're or just glad you're part. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you can you can make. So when you say, do you love that, do you Christmas carol a lot at Christmas time?
0: Um, through the years, I've had different seasons of where I did it a bunch or I didn't do it a whole lot. But uh, I always like the idea, and I try to get involved. Uh, some of the churches I've been to would actually practice, like, hey, let's do these four-part harmonies and, and go over to Sister Susie's house and, you know, wherever. Another ones just say, hey, show up, yeah. <laughs> and here's the papers.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because when you're caroling, you only need, like, three songs. Right. Just pick the three main ones, Joy of the World, Hark the Herald, and Silent Night. I mean, like, yeah. just stand there a few minutes. And if there is a way to end it with the um, high-powered kind of, uh, you know, home that knows mm-hmm. you're coming and has cookies and hot chocolate, that's, like, really dynamite.
0: Yep. But, and you know what goes good with a Christmas carol, uh, because you're traveling and getting out of cars and all that kind of stuff? uh ukulele. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're determined to work the ukulele. I Christmas am. You know, Christmas. this is this is
0: going to be a ukulele Christmas. I tell you what. Wow, that sounds like a song. It does. It's a ukulele Christmas. Well, number four is Ugly Sweater Day, and uh, this is very theologically sound. We're we're supposed to make fun of each other, and <laughs> well, I guess where did, did pull, this come from?
1: Could, you could pull theology out of here if you had to, in terms of coming as you are. But it really didn't come from me. It was actually somebody in our group that said, "Hey, you know, it'd be fun." Uh, we should all do ugly Christmas sweaters uh, one one of the Sundays that we're leading. Yeah, and um, and part of the reason it was fun is because we actually put it out beforehand and said, "Hey, don't worry, it's not really our style. We're doing it for you and and uh, to the church, you know, social media and whatnot. We just said this week is ugly Christmas sweater for the worship team. So yeah, come and be prepared. I love it. I just and, don't
0: understand where the tradition came from. Of well, it
1: really wasn't a tradition because we only did it once. But well, um,
0: oh, I mean like the rest of the world doing it. Oh, the whole
1: thing. Right. Why yeah, did yeah. it become that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it had to start somewhere with gifts like kind of like ties on Father's Day. It's yeah. Like the sweater at Christmas and doesn't really appeal to it. but I mean it it is funny that it's grown it's it's come reverse. Like now it's now that's your goal. So <laughs> to
0: wear the worst, craziest sweater. Uh me and the lay and the kids, our Christmas uh morning was homemade Christmas sweater. We incorporated that into there, and so the day before, we got you know just random sweaters from Goodwill or something like that, random ribbons and bows and whatever, and you were supposed to make yours secretly, so nobody knew what it was, and on Christmas morning, we all came out in our ugly sweaters to do presents. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's that's a good
1: tradition, too. That's hilarious. Well, one thing I remember about that ugly Christmas sweater day was that people were borrowing sweaters from other people because some people didn't have them. Yeah. And um, I had to borrow one because I I really don't wear sweaters and, and... I don't really care about ugly Christmas sweaters, but for whatever reason, it kind of just that one little tiny thing, just say Mm -hmm. wear another Christmas sweater on this day, kind of helps spark some community among the worship team and the whole church on the worship team. It's like everybody's real. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it doesn't
0: cost you money. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit of silliness here and there can break up the monotony and to uh, bring people together.
1: We did it once with orange t-shirts on when it was about three or four years ago. Halloween was on a Sunday. Hmm. And, um, so we went and bought six orange t-shirts and we spelled Jesus, J E S U S on each shirt. And then we did an exclamation point on the sixth person. Nice. And, um, and then we just led worship and some people never caught on that there were words on our shirt. We had to all kind of stand together for people to catch on, but it's pretty funny. Anyway, just those little things every once in a while. Um, Mm. one time we did a Christian t-shirt day and everybody had like, you know, they went and bought shirts basically off of, Online that stick with jesus and uh-huh. and created to worship and and I can't remember all the different puns that you know they had for drummers and bass, I saw one yesterday that
0: was a that says uh the longer the beard, the deeper the theology <laughs> <laughs> i almost got it <laughs>
1: that's that's a good one that's funny
0: number five group gift,
1: yeah, we're on five of seven here. The group gift is just a little idea of um kind of stocking your worship team for anything they might need. My brother just had a great one. He, he showed me a picture of their, um, their worship cab. I think they call it. And it's just a cabinet full of all kinds of things you wouldn't think of like breath mints and deodorant and just every little like capos and guitar picks, just little things that people might just need snacks, bottle water, Mm. cough drops, gum, just Mm. all that. And I just think that's a neat idea. This is kind of the, along the lines of, you know, um, instead of getting everybody a gift in your ministry, depending on the size of your group and whatnot, um, one year I just bought a big basket of stuff, invested the money I would normally have gotten everybody a cup of coffee gift card type thing from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I just took that 150 bucks and just bought all kinds of stuff, snacks and Belvedere bars and just things. Oh, nice. Put it in a basket, stuck it backstage, and that was kind of the Christmas gift to everybody. Nice. And so it didn't cost a whole ton, and it worked out neat. And a lot of that stuff just kind of slowly eked away over the year. I mean, like extra picks and Mm -hmm. quarter inch cable here and there, whatever people might need. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, 150 bucks would buy a a nice ukulele. (laughs) Number six, take a break.
1: This we could probably talk about in different ways, but, um, one thing that I always think is a gift to the group is to do something different. The last Sunday of December. And for this year, it's going to be kind of strange because it's the, um, it'd be new year's Eve morning, which isn't as crazy as new year's day. That's mm-hmm. like harder to get people going, but, um, but somehow, you know, hitting the break a little bit after the Christmas season and doing something totally different and special for the last Sunday of the year. And, um, and just kind of giving people a little opportunity just to be in worship and not, you know, be on board. I know it's hard for like tech people and all that, but there, there's ways to bounce out so that you can give that people, give your team, uh, you know, stop hitting the gas pedal after the intensity of mm-hmm. Christmas Sundays and special events and all that. And so we've often tried to do something unique on the Sunday after Christmas. And sometimes it's just as simple as just acoustic guitar, just the you know, the worship leader, a person instead of everybody mm-hmm. and just make it as simple as possible. But there's probably a lot of other ways to do that too. Some sort of, you know, a January guest artist or something, something, something that just changes the flow. Mm-hmm. People can just take a break.
0: Number seven, serve together.
1: And this last of the seven ideas, um, was just another thought about, um, you know, serving a meal or taking a collection or buying gifts for people. Like as a worship team, build some community together by doing something Christmas season-y that Mm -hmm. you could do together without overwhelming people's schedules. But, um, you know, some way to serve together outside of leading music Mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, again I hope that just kind of jogs your memory thinking about different ways that you could uh you know be involved in that different different things you could do this Christmas season outside of just the good music. Mhm.
0: Yeah, meals on wheels. Uh definitely visiting some people together. You know, it's nice to I, I don't know, why I'm on a nursing home kick, but uh when you visit somebody by yourself, they love it. It's all good. When you have a group of people, they feel extra special that these many people came to see them in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. This would be, that'd be a good thing to do. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, Christmas Carol kind of accomplishes that too. Well, that's true because uh, you're there and some people say they only get visitors at Christmas. And so that's like an argument to kind of say, Oh, well we got to find some other times during the year. Yeah. And, and maybe even this serve together one could be that type of thing. Like, um, you know, Christmas time is when you get around Thanksgiving, Christmas, Everybody's favorite phrase is, well, in the new year we're gonna do this. Yeah. And you can capitalize on that by saying, Okay, well, actually January 9th, mm-hmm. we're all gonna go here and do this. There you go. And sometimes just having that little um, you know, marker that's a little bit farther out. Everybody's got a breather from Christmas They can actually look at it and say, Oh, that's good. It's not right now. And mm-hmm. yeah, sure, I'll be a part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. sign up to go to this or that. One time we took our whole team to paint. Um, uh, children's home in Mount Vernon. Oh, wow! And um, we just got them all down there. Everybody drove their own car, took some supplies, and we did a whole project. And it was totally unrelated to worship, except Mm. we were together. So,
0: well, I was going to ask you. Um, I've never seen a worship team, um, serve together like this number seven. Um, before have you been part? Have you done that? besides what you just mentioned, Um,
1: well, yeah, I mean, there's, it's it's probably not as common as like mm -hmm. you know, um. A women's group getting together to provide a meal for a funeral, or mm-hmm. you know all the things we typically think about in church, because the worship team is kind of heavy, intensive using their gifts on a weekly basis mm-hmm. to prepare and volunteer and be set up for Sunday mornings mm-hmm. that come around every seven days. So you have to really intentionally do that. Mm-hmm. But the places that it really does help is that most often when you're with your worship team, you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have this done, there's a deadline. And the thing that serving does is it kind of like takes you off the clock a little bit and gives you time just to like be together. And so serving is like the the little vehicle to doing that. Because a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times it does work just to say, hey, let's get together. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people just in the way the culture is, they don't prioritize getting together without an objective. And um, and one or two people you can, but you can't just get together with 30 people and just sit and look at each other and just, you know, Mm -hmm. talk. Yeah, everybody's going to pair off or or talk, you know, individually. So you need a framework and some of those are parties. Sometimes those are get together. Sometimes those are planning meetings, but then the serving aspect is what kind of unites you with like memories and feeling good about something you've been able to do. Mm -hmm. Nobody asked you to do it.
0: Yeah. I I think we should start a trend. I I don't know. Yeah. You would have to work that logistically out in your, in your week, but man, once a month going and changing somebody's light switches or, or mowing the grass or something like that as mm-hmm. a team. Uh I think that would speak a lot.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it'd be great. And there's a lot of people in church. That's what the church does. Yeah. And um and then the worship team kind of has their own little niche and yeah. it's it's uh sometimes it's just hard to to make that happen. But one thing I've learned is and I think we've said this before cuz I remember I have déjà vu right now, but one thing at least it's my style. Maybe not I've learned. My style is never to get people in a regular commitment group, and the church has a really good habit or a deep habit, <laughs> maybe not good of if something works well, they put it into the rhythm ongoing forever. And that's what institutionalizes things. And sometimes kind of becomes a bear. Sometimes you're hiring people at a church to, to maintenance mode, an uh, institutional item that didn't even answer a any question anymore oh. because we've already done it. And so, um, it's so like if, if you want your group to serve, I necessarily wouldn't start with uh, this is the first Tuesday of the month, so we got to go serve somewhere because mm-hmm. that puts the burden on the institution as opposed to the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, I'm and all this sprung board because you said once a month go do something. I would be all for a group serving once a month in some capacity, volunteering in some way, maybe even just in other ways in the church besides worship or prayer night or anything. Mm-hmm. And we do that here. We have a prayer night, and I mean, I'm all for that. But I would probably, in my own personality, would lean toward. Hey, we're going to do it September 6th and then September 6th say, Hey, we're going to do this again on October 13th. Mm. And Hey, we're going to do this again on November as opposed to we're going to do this every first Wednesday, the rest of our lives. (laughs) And for whatever reason, I think that kind of like institutionalizes things and makes it harder for people to commit. But anyway, all those are good. And, and uh, all those ideas and this list again, basically is uh, uh, bringing somebody up for a solo just for something different. Having some kind of open house or Christmas party, Um, Christmas caroling, ugly sweater day just for community and fun, a group gift for your whole team, set in the back, take a break after Christmas, plan that now, and serving together. All those things are things that hopefully you can take one and use it.
0: Mm -hmm. Great stuff. And we might try to do a couple of these things. Um, Also, speaking of Christmas music, Tim, you've got some guitar stuff.
1: Yeah, actually, the guitar Christmas music I have is from, um, it's just instrumental guitar that my cousin, uh, Justin, Justin actually married my cousin, I guess our cousin, Abby, but I always like to call Justin my cousin because he can do so much neat things. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, he recorded me several years back just playing Christmas music on the guitar. So it's just acoustic guitar, and um, and you can find it, I, I need to put it on an easier website to find, but it's called... Tim Price Acoustic Christmas, and you can look it up on Spotify or YouTube or Amazon or wherever you listen. Apple and uh, Tim Price Acoustic Christmas, and in a sense, it's just instrumental. You can use it for whatever you have going on, like playing before church or in whatever way. So yeah. everybody can take a listen. We'll try to put that in the show notes so people can find it easier.
0: And tell us if you listen to it.
1: Yeah, well, let us know and if you listen, you listen to, to it. it. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Well, see you all next time. See you later.